0: And it just feels so good knowing that you're nourishing your body. And, you know, in some ways people think, oh, restricted diet. uh, uh, uh." You know, for me, it's been really freeing because it, it allows you to engage creativity with food in a way that you haven't before necessarily.
1: This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. Sometimes our guests on this show have lots of passion and lots of determination, and we are going to turn that up a notch today. Uh, <laughs> I've invited Anaya back onto the podcast to tell her story. Last time she was on the podcast, uh, the episode released on the 11th of July, 2022, she talked about mindset. And so the focus was on a lot of the knowledge that she has around this area and that she teaches professionally. And in that episode, which I highly recommend you go and check out, uh, she talked about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and how they influence stress and inflammation, um, imagination and remembering uh, things in ways that can self-cycle and recreate emotional negative energy in, inside of us. Uh, neuroplasticity, how to rewire your brain. Meditation, the benefits on that. The power of laughing, and you can hear her giggling here in the background as I'm doing my intro. She doesn't stop. Um, and, and, uh, and a whole lot of concepts that are really, really, really valuable around mindset. Today, we're going to focus on her story She's come so far in such a short period of time, and she already does so much coaching in her professional life outside of rheumatoid arthritis that she's going to be brought into the coaching mix that we offer as part of our program and part of our services. And so as I have become full, so to speak, with the amount that I can coach people on our live weekly one-to-ones, Anaya... Uh, Is going to take up that uh, role as well and be able to handle people in need and assist them with breaking through challenges. So before we get to that, let's hear from Anaya. How are you feeling today? Give us your first of all, before we hear your sort of before and after snapshot, how's things? Where are you located? What's happening?
0: hi hi oh look everything's really really great and i was so looking forward to this podcast i think after i'd been doing the program it was like a month or two or three months it wasn't very long anyway i messaged you and said oh, i'd really like to do a podcast and i was like oh yeah okay hang on a minute i have to i have to hold you know i have to I have to this has to be consistent and i have to keep going so since then i've been um you know biding my time <laughs> I'm really looking forward to to being where I am today and being able to to tell my story really and it's pretty close to my one year anniversary which um is is very exciting and obviously you know it's a time where you look back at how far you've come in the last year and feel really grateful and really good about it so I'm very excited about that yes
1: um, and 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 every time we connect, whether it be uh, you know in our support group, which you're a member of and and mm. now we're transitioning to being able to be a, a you know a coach, um, and also um offline, when we've had some mm. private conversations about some things, uh, I always love your energy, your passion, and you're obviously not just good at the at the diet, the physical side of things, but as I mentioned at the top, the mindset. And so you have this 360 degree approach that is necessary to be able to identify opportunities and see, ah, it's that, or it's that, or it's that. And so, yeah, congratulations on all you've achieved. Let's hear about it. Let's focus on you today. Uh, (laughs) Give us a quick sort of commercial level before and after of, of your achievements, then we'll dive deep.
0: Thank you, yeah, I will, I will. And just with reference to what you're saying then too, you know, rheumatoid arthritis was a real opportunity for me and it was my greatest teacher. And for me, it's been transformational. It's, it's changed how I am in the world and it's made me prioritize things. It's brought me closer to myself. It feels like it's really aligned me with my my purpose and certainly my passion. And so it's very easy for me to to feel good and to feel happy about that. Um, It was also the hardest thing I've ever had to live through, and it brought me to the depths of despair, and um, you know, not wanting the life that I had. And so, um, you know, the most incredible things are available to us if we are asking ourselves what can i learn from this how can i nourish myself more how can i love myself more and if if we if we go deeper into it the life that we can have as as a result of these experiences can just be so far beyond what you could possibly imagine in only good ways um so yeah, yeah I think I think awesome.
1: <clears throat> to 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 put my take on that I think that the the benefits that you have the potential to achieve in mm-hmm. the non physical sense can be equal and opposite or if not greater than the cost physically. Yeah, um, absolutely. As long as we address <clears throat> the physical costs with our utmost attention to minimise them. Mm. Yes, and, and for those yeah. people who in our audience might be very debilitated uh, and, and feel that um, this is a concept that, that is, is not, not possible. applicable, yeah. mm. um, I completely understand because mm. um, the physical uh, impact can be enormous, but from every mm. position that we're at, we can at least take small steps forward in the right direction to prevent further impact. And to, yeah. and to and to do what we can on, on on that front and all the other fronts so yeah absolutely
0: uh, <laughs> yeah the before was uh, i had a really unusual presentation i i think uh, i had a viral infection and a couple of months later I w- it wasn't covid <laughs> um haven't had that actually um i had a viral infection and um because i w- was working with young children <laughs> because of them, well that's a bit cool. But anyway, uh, and I didn't really take the time off work that I needed and I'd been training for this adventure race and it was, you know, it was my dream. So I wasn't willing to give it up. So I did it anyway and then it was amazing. Like I loved it the whole day, everything was fantastic. And then that night I had a coughing fit and I subluxed my um, sternoclavicular joint and cracked a couple of ribs. And so my whole torso went, was, you know, under pressure and, you know, when you when you do something like that, it just everything completely screws up. So everything seized up and I wasn't able to breathe properly, cough, laugh, um, all sorts of stuff and, and massive pain. I couldn't lean back against the chair, nothing was comfortable, I couldn't sleep, I, you know, it was... It was horrific. And what happened from that is um my CRP went from being under one because I was plant based before and so I just, you know, had bloods every year or so just to check that everything's okay. And gradually it crept up and crept up and crept up. Um over a space of um I think a few months. After about three months it was about eleven, and four months it was fourteen. And And then I could feel it literally at night. I felt the inflammation go up into my neck, um, into my sacrum, and I felt it traveling down through my quadriceps into my knees. And, you know, I just, you know, I knew it wasn't good. Um, The first time I went to a rheumatologist, I think my CRP was only 14, and that was, I think, in maybe four months after the injury. And he was like, no, no, you're fine, you're fine. I'm like, I'm not fine, I'm not fine. And he's like, oh, your range of motion's normal. I said, what, for a 99-year-old? I said, <laughs> I'm an athlete, you know, this is not normal. This is not normal for me. And he just, you know, wasn't super interested. And so I wasn't very happy about that. And I made sure I wrote him a letter and said, look, I don't think you really listened to me. I don't think you really heard what I was saying and just sort of left it at that and then things carried on and I I didn't get referred back to him and basically the inflammation in my knees and everything just went up and up and up no one knew what to do they just kept giving me more and more painkillers and I was like there's something else wrong there's something else wrong and I felt like I was in a train that I knew was going to crash and my husband knew it was going to crash and I was trying to tell people, hey, hey, something's wrong, you know, this is going to crash. And no one no one believed me. And so finally, um, my one of my I mean, my knees were like, you know, giant potatoes. They were massive. Um, I had a baker cyst rupture in my left knee. And, you know, a like, <laughs> tennis ball sticking out of your calf. And I sent it back to the rheumatologist and I said, do you believe me that something's wrong now? And he's like, oh, God, you know, come, come, get up here immediately. I said, well, I don't really trust you anymore. And so he rang me, right, free of charge, rang me. I mean, he is great now. We have a great relationship. He rang me and said, you need to come and see me right away. You know, and I I saw him as a private patient because for some reason my doctor hadn't put me on the public thing. But anyway, but in order to go and see him, because by that stage I couldn't walk, I couldn't stand up, I couldn't sit down. I had maybe 20 degrees of range of motion in my leg. I couldn't straighten it. I couldn't bend it. I was, you know, like I really felt like I was 99 on a Zimmer frame um i couldn't you know lift up a cup of tea uh brush my hair i couldn't get dressed you know when i got dressed i'd like rock back on the bed and i'd like try and lasso my undies around my feet with my feet in the air and you know pull things up and on um it wasn't great it wasn't great at all and i wasn't sleeping i was in so much pain and the only thing that was helping after trying many painkillers, of which I'd never had before in my life, uh, was Voltaren. And I knew that as I was taking it, it was destroying my gut. But I didn't have any other options at that stage, and um, I was miserable. I was crying every day a number of times. I was, uh, you know, God, why, 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 why me, you know, why, why? Um, I don't want this life and I didn't know what to do about it. And I mean, what kept me here was really my husband and my dog because I knew that they wouldn't be better off without me. But it was just a a miserable existence, an absolutely miserable existence. So in order to 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 get to the rheumatologist, it's a it's about a five hour drive. I had to take present at own. <laughs> to be able to you know sit in the car that long and and get up there and the whatever it was in my neck whenever I was in a vehicle you know those bobbly things that you have in cars um my neck felt like that it was really disconcerting because it kind of felt like my head was just gonna fall off my shoulders um so I got up there and he was like you know wanted to um the first time, I mean, it's all a bit of a blur to be honest because it was such a deeply traumatic time that I've, the dates and some of the sequences are a bit messed up. But he wanted to, me to start on methotrexate straight away and um, he wanted to do steroid injections in my knee straight away and I was like, uh, you know, I was in tears and it was terrible and, uh, you know, it's, it, it was just so shocking. It's such a shock to get such a diagnosis. And it was very hard to make any decisions. And bless him, I asked him if he could leave the room so I could talk to my husband, which he did, which was fantastic. And not only did he do that, he actually cancelled his next appointment. So I actually had a two-hour, basically a two-hour appointment with him for the price of one <laughs> bargain. Um, and I, I, didn't, I didn't want to have those steroid injections to my knees at that stage. Um, but I accepted having a, a generalized one and shared between my butt cheeks. So I had that. And then that was supposed to, you know, keep me going until the methotrexate. And so I took these methotrexate home and they, I took them for a few weeks. They made me feel really awful. So I stopped taking them. And it didn't work very well for me. Things got really, really bad. And I felt like I was dying. Um, the inflammation would wake me up at night. You know, it uses so much energy. It would wake me up at night. I was so hungry. I had a snack prepared for the middle of the night. Uh, unfortunately, it was, um, this might make you vomit. Um, mashed potato with, I mean, I, I, I didn't actually eat, you know, I was plant-based. I didn't eat cheese, but I had mashed potato mashed up with cream cheese and probably butter or olive oil it was olive oil just to high fat to try and keep the calories and keep the weight on. And that was by recommendation of a doctor. So, you know, I was like feeding, having to feed my inflammation a couple of times a night. I was so hungry. And then I got to the stage where every time I ate, I felt violently ill. It was awful. And then I was sitting down on the couch one day in the sun. And I was like, help me. I need some help. I need some guidance with this. And I don't know what I Googled on. I think I just Googled, you know, rheumatoid arthritis programs or something, and I found you, and you had a podcast or a webinar or something starting in 10 minutes. I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is it. Got on. And then so I started the program. Uh, When I started the program, my CRP was, I I think it was around 69, and I was – you know I was in a shocking state uh, I would lie uh, lie down on the floor, which took a long time. You know when you haven't got any bend in your legs and your shoulders are falling apart, it's really hard to lie down and I could feel my tailbone on the floor. <clears throat> I'd lost mm, more than twenty between twenty and twenty five percent of my body weight, and you know we'd gone I'd gone from being athletic and doing you know six or ten hour events or whatever to not being able to walk to the toilet, not being able to sit down on the toilet, (laughs) having to have help to get up from the toilet. You know, my husband would, getting out of the chair. (laughs) I mean, I'd fall into the chairs because I didn't have the strength to lower myself down. And then to get up, my husband would put his uh, feet on my feet and sort of lever me, you know, pull me out of the chair. So I was debilitated, uh, you know, about as much as you could be in some ways so I started the program and it wasn't you know it was a choice yes to start the program but it wasn't a choice you know I want my life back I wanted it better so there was no question in my mind it was very black and white for me and normally I see things in shades of different colors but I had to do it it was my only choice. It was my best choice. And I felt like I was, you know, literally and figuratively fighting for my life. So I did the program. I did it to a T. I didn't take any shortcuts. I There was no little voice in my head going, hmm, eat this chocolate, yum, 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 you know, none of that at all. And I was so lucky because my husband just went on it with me. Cooks for me, you know, we cook together. He's still on it he eats his own thing every now and again but he was you know a hundred percent supportive and I didn't have a lot of support but I didn't need it because I you know he was absolutely amazing he was there with me every step of the way so um I'm so grateful for that and and that was just you know really amazing so yeah I started the program the day I started the program I stopped Voltaren diclofenac I stopped painkillers I didn't have any more I had had a steroid injection in the bum a little bit, another one a little bit before that but it wasn't as effective the first one was like woo yeah this is good <laughs> but the second one wasn't wasn't quite so great um yeah so I just I did everything pretty much to the T I um, very I, so I'd, oh, I had sorry I'd restarted methotrexate, and that was a couple of weeks before the program, so it hadn't kicked in when I started, and I was I, I was twenty milligrams of the orally the pill, but it made me feel really sick, so I went to the subcutaneous, which um, the injection. Which alleviated a lot of the symptoms for me, and my stomach honestly just couldn't really handle anything. So I was on 15 milligrams subcutaneous for a while, and now I'm down to 10, so that that's really cool. And I took that on a Friday because I didn't mind feeling a bit there uh, in the weekends. Uh, I took so I, I started taking that on a Friday, and that worked for me a lot better than taking it on a monday and at, at the beginning three weeks into the program i also had my first covid injection which caused a little bit of a <sighs> as well so yeah and i had to stop again obviously i had to stop the methotrexate for that so i wasn't
1: mm-hmm. the methotrexate you did have the continuity
0: no i didn't and it probably you know probably was quite a bit later before the methotrexate started working but I never actually really noticed it. I never noticed a difference. It's hard to you know it's hard to tease out what was methotrexate what was the program yeah, but I hadn't is, had that rare. continuity yes. with the methotrexate so I had had the continuity with the program.
1: Gotcha so if I mm. can repeat back and you can you can yes or no um, so you got started. You felt you were immediately able to drop the painkiller. Mm. You were feeling better, but we haven't sort of crossed that just yet with you. But mm. you're about to tell us that you were feeling better, and then then a couple of only a couple of weeks after methotrexate, you have to stop it for the injection, and mm. then restarted again. Uh, and so the methotrexate onboarding was probably longer and a little bit less uh, impactful than what it mm. otherwise would. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, who knows. I, I still don't really know how I yeah. think of it is because obviously I dropped down and didn't notice the thing. So yeah. it's entirely possible it's not really doing anything much at all. Who Could knows? Be. Could be. But um, I still thank it, you know, every yeah, time I do wrong. that injection. I call it my sunshine poke because it's the colour of sunshine. Well, And I just, you know, I hold it in my hands and I thank it. I thank it for the life that I, I've got for the support that it's giving me in healing and any tiny, any weeny little thing I can think to thank it for and be grateful for, I do. And then I just inject myself every week.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Mm. Tell us how far you've come. You've set the scene (laughs) of very, very, very big challenges that you are facing.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, You have shared things that have blown my mind, like doing three consecutive pull-ups. Oh, yeah. I don't want to actually steal your thunder, but uh, <laughs> uh, you've done some incredible things. I don't even want to give the topics. Just, just tell us what you've been able to achieve.
0: Well, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Actually, being able to do pull-ups, I hadn't been able to do that before. Well, maybe since I was fourteen or fifteen. Um, so that's one of the really cool things that I've been able to do. I haven't actually done any pull-ups for a long time. Uh, I've been working with a personal trainer to. Um, basically ensure that all my movement patterns are really adaptive and positive and to retrain any that I have that aren't. And the focus has really been on running again. So, you know, it's funny, I've been working with him for three months and he he's incredible. You know, he works with Olympic athletes, but he also works with people like me, people doing rehab, people doing prehab, people with... Parkinson's disease you know he's just amazing and when I started with him even just three months ago I was not running very far at all and now I'm running 6-7k non-stop easily I'm faster I'm a faster runner than I was I'm a stronger runner than I was I I can run up hills with so much more ease it's incredible I know that next year I will be doing adventure races again. I know that next year I'll be able to go and do what I used to do, which was pop off in the weekends for a good twenty thirty k run in the hills um I know that that's going to happen now for a long time I was you know I had actually found a place of peace there okay, I might can't do that, but I'll, I'll still be able to mount the bike and do those things, and that's okay. I can live with that. that's all right because. I felt so happy with other areas of my life. And so, yeah, I just accepted it. I felt peace. Well, I don't know that I accept it. I felt peaceful and okay about it. But lo and behold, here I am and I'm going to be able to do those things. Um, you know, the hip thrust? Yeah. Yeah, I do 50 kilograms easily. So I'm, I'm lifting my body weight. Wow.
1: Um. There's Just to explain few... what they are for folks who don't. know. Oh, like, so... women women do them at the gym every time I go. But yeah, yeah, yeah I'm growing described. a
0: butt, which is awesome. Um, so basically, if you're sitting down on you know on the floor in the gym and you sort of lean back so that your shoulder blades are on a um, block or something yeah, like that, a or a yeah.
1: bench,
0: and you've sort of got your own hands here. And you put your your knees are bent in front of you. And if you sort of reach forward, and you can touch basically the back of your heels. And so they're in front of you. And you've got a barbell across your hips, across just sort of below your belly button. And you are basically picking your butt off up, off the floor and sort of making an upside down table or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I That's can... It. I can push do my body weight really easily, too. And I mean, I'm not pushing it. Like, we don't push it. We don't push it, but um, I can do that. And, you know, there's quite a few things that I'm doing in the the gym now that are, um, and there's another one that I'm doing my body weight with as well. So I'm starting to really build up strength now, whereas before I was sort of working on patterns and neural patterns within different planes of movement. Now I'm on to dynamic movements. I'm jumping and things like that. And um,
1: yeah. And how it's are, the, how really are the knees cool. through all this? You mentioned your knees were a nightmare. Mm. Um, uh, did you ever get the steroid shots into the knees? Um, how did you get the inflammation down in the knees? Were there anything interventionary other than the program and physical therapy? Mm. Um, talk knees first, please. Mm.
0: So the one that had the Baker cyst all the inflammation left there within a month or two of the starting the program and my crp was down to under one within a month so from 69 to to under one uh, the other knee was a little moodier shall we say and it was pretty good and there wasn't much inflammation in there but it just was really really you know hard to get rid of and you know for a long time i had that sort of strangulation feeling like someone's wrapped tape around the top of your knee um and it just just wasn't quite um i mean it hasn't i haven't had any pain it doesn't it didn't hurt but it just wasn't you know really highly functional and then i bumped it and it didn't like that very much and it was getting better and then i had some uh needling dry needling around the top of it but probably about that far away from the actual knee and that did not go down a well at all and it just went whew, um not as bad as it was before by any stretch and then I was sort of like you know what this knee has been inflamed in some way shape or form for over a year and a half I think it's time to get a steroid injection in it so I did And um, they took out quite a lot of fluid, which is amazing and awesome and disgusting, and uh, it's been fine ever since. It's still not what I would say 100%. I'd say it's 95%, but I'm getting there, and it's getting there, and it's less reactive. They're both less reactive now, and I don't knock them. If I do knock them, I laugh. Um, Because that's my way of telling my body that everything's okay and it, you know, releases serotonin and dopamine and my body's kind of like, well, hang on a minute, she's laughing, everything must be okay. And that sort of overrides that reactionary immune response. And laughing, you know, moderates the nervous system and also the immune system. So that's my little technique. If I ever bump myself or do any of those things, I just laugh for 10 minutes. And so that's been very effective actually for me. And so now um, I can get a lot, you know, the I'm having sort of myofascial release and um, we're just starting to sort of go to a bit close to my knee and just to move things a lot more. And, um, you know, it's it's awesome. Uh, and, and running really makes it feel a lot better as well.
1: Isn't, and now isn't that counterintuitive for many of us? You, know, yeah. you just said the following statement, running makes my knees feel much better. And yeah. uh, that, that's, hard, that's hard to comprehend if your knees are in a really bad yeah. way. Um, but uh, that was going to be my next question. Um, what helps, You know, besides the mm. steroid injection and the diet, what physical yeah. interventions help the yeah. knee?
0: So um, with the, it was really funny, you know, like I remember the first time I tried to run and I was I was like I was trying to lug like 50 concrete blocks, And because I had not been able to walk for such a long time, I forgot how to walk. I had to retrain myself. I had to learn how to walk again. And that takes a lot of energy and a lot of concentration and a lot of focus. So when I tried to run, it was the same thing. You know, I had to... F- Consciously think about one foot in front of the other, and it was very, very cumbersome. So, it's been a very long, gradual process. Um, but with so, with the exercise, pretty much first thing in the morning, I would get on my bike and I would just spin, you know, I would just warm my body up. Uh, now I, ta- you know, I ta- will take my dog for a walk, I would do something first thing in the morning. That wasn't my exercise, that was just me getting into my day. Um, you know fast tracking any pain that I did have uh, if I did have pain I would get straight on my bike and I would I would do what I needed to do to reduce the pain that way uh I I mean I love cardio you know being outside and exploring and all that kind of stuff is is my joy, my passion. So, um, if it's not fun, I'm not going to do it. So, I did, you know, I spent a lot of time outside doing things outside. I also with the knees, you know, squats and things like that. I haven't actually done any squats for a while, um, but I, they will be. I will be coming back to them. It's. I've just been really focused on the movement patterns that I've been relearning. you know i did so ice you know isolation exercises for particular body parts that i was struggling with i really focused on those uh and and there's also the cardio so at the moment what i'm doing is i'm doing my gym sessions a couple of days a week i do um sessions on the bike and often i will go to laughter yoga classes and sit on my bike at the same time so doing like half an hour spinning um I do some cycling hit stuff a couple of times a week, uh, and that, that is <laughs> to increase the number of mitochondria that I've got. And also because if I can train my body in all, the diff- all different energy systems, then I become more efficient with those, and my body can then deal with, um, respond to that stress and respond to whatever's happening to it more efficiently and the more efficient you become the less free radicals you produce within a particular energy system when you're using it and um, you increase the number of mitochondria as well which has a real impact on the amount of free radicals and the free radical damage as well so I've been learning anyway um, so yeah I do that I walk every day Uh, I run a couple of times a week. Um, What else do I do? I laugh. I Mm. do laughter yoga almost every single day, and I did it every single day for quite a long time.
1: And that's something that you've been um, hosting inside our uh, Mm. memberships for some time now. I think that must be going on just must be nine months or something. I'm guessing that you've been doing that. So – and you've I'd love got-
0: to see more people there. And I'm doing it regularly every second week now. So it's a lot more straightforward.
1: Yes. So uh, those of you who are part of our community, uh, Anaya does these uh, laughter yoga sessions. Uh, and uh, they are fun sessions every week, every second week that she's running those. So dial in, look at your live, upcoming live calls section in your membership mm. area, and you'll be able to attend those. So you've, you've told us about the physical th- side of things. Back end episode uh, released on the 11th of July. That's where you go into tremendous detail um, and provide us with a, yeah, really an in depth display mm. of your understanding around the mental side of this. And so that's been huge for you. And that mm. area is one of your real strengths. Um, mm. And in terms of the diet, how have you expanded from the um, close adherence that you said you had at the beginning of the program uh, to now into, um, more of a a diverse food base have you been able to incorporate more foods
0: well i have been i'm not especially i you know i don't feel i i love what i eat i don't feel any particular need to expand too much to be honest um taking calorie and you know eating enough is a big thing for me i've got a pretty fast metabolism uh you know i eat more than my husband and he's six foot four and you know x kilograms a lot heavier than me and um it's you know it's always been that way so this is sort of no different but uh i have you know i went down to 46 kilograms 45 and a half kilograms 90 something pounds and now i'm 50 51 so i guess that's 110 pounds or something and I was very slow to introduce foods, I, and I really trusted my intuition. There's, there's, I can't remember what it is. It's just something that I haven't eaten yet, and millet, I was like, I mean, it didn't do anything, but I was just like, mm, no, nah, it doesn't feel good. And, you know, sometimes you introduce something, and it might just be a no for now, and two weeks later yeah. it might be great. And so it's really important that, you know, this whole, that whole phase is temporary. Things will improve. Things will change. Nothing ever stays the sh- the same. I, I I don't eat out a lot um, at all. I mean, that's. I don't really want to risk it, and yes. you know, you pay all this money for. I can cook better food at home. You know, I
1: so. Yeah, it's as much Um, about an experience than it is about the food. I mean, some would Mm. argue that's not true, but for those of us who treat food as medicine and not Mm. food for, you know, mouth taste indulgence. Mm. Um those of us in, you know, in this healing journey, Mm. um, then we more appreciate the the value that the food can provide us from a health viewpoint and when you go to a restaurant. It's hard to match the value that we can provide at home, isn't it? Yeah,
0: and it just feels so good knowing that you're nourishing your body. Yeah, and you know in some ways people think oh restricted don't uh, uh, uh. you know for me it's been really freeing because it it allows you to engage creativity with food in a way that you haven't before necessarily and so you know the combinations and the things that you eat I mean I'm not sure whose recipe it was for the buckwheat pancakes but honestly I ate one or two of those a day for months and months that was a big part of me you know putting on weight was those thank you very much <laughs> because yeah I I mean I ate them till they were coming out my ears and I remember on the Patterson program the first time I got to eat fruit and I chose to eat cantaloupe and you know they're not cheap yeah in New Zealand where I live, they were about twelve dollars New Zealand each, which is Whoa. uh yeah, what, six, seven US or something and like nine or ten Australian. Yeah. Mm. And I remember just, you know, I was sitting outside in the sunshine on my beanbag watching we had a lot of little tiny little frogs in our pond. So I was sitting out there with the watching the frogs in the pond. And I was about to eat cantaloupe and I was so excited because it was my first fruit. Well, melon and I ate it and honestly I swear I could feel it healing as it went down I could feel it nourishing myself just deeply deeply nourishing me and it was such a profound experience and because you know you get so connected with your food and what it's doing for you you become you notice these things and they feel amazing so you've gone from being not very conscious with your eating and your nutrition and your nourishment to being very conscious about how you're nourishing your body and how you're looking after yourself, and every single meal you eat is an act of love and, and compassion, and uh, it just feels so good to live that way. It's just, it's just so beautiful, so
1: beautiful. Absolutely, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your quote there and put that. In <laughs> I've just mentioned the you've got you've featured in the book a couple of times. Oh, uh, so you, <laughs> again, um, yes, I agree. Uh, I, I, you just geek out uh, about so much of the value that food mm. can provide when um, you realise the potential that it can provide for your health and future. Yeah, yeah. And anything that will reduce pain. You fall in love with
0: it? Yeah, because pain is not fun, not fun at all. And, you know, just little tips and things. like, I would be, when I'm cooking, I actually just put a plate of greens out and I just literally stuff my face as much as I can and and I eat the greens while I'm cooking. So I've already had a whole lot of greens, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I eat them as I'm cooking and that's really great. And another thing that I do is I, I put seaweed in my salt and pepper shakers and sometimes and i made a shaker for nutritional yeast and things so um just you know you just learn little little ways that um help you ensure you're getting everything that you need to get
1: um, we we actually founded our health food store there's actually a seaweed salt and so we use that mm, yeah. and uh, the kids eat it as well seaweed mm. salt so it's got ground up uh dulcie in mm. the uh celtic sea salt and so mm. it's a mix and the kids love it too in fact we have to yeah. stop them from using too much yeah so, yeah um, that's funny um because uh, uh we do we we found the same thing it's it's great mm. tasting and you get that dried seaweed in there as well as opposed to just the, the salt yeah awesome yeah mm. sorry i interrupted you you about to subscribe.
0: oh no i'm um, i'm just trying to think what else about food um
1: Well, it becomes second nature, doesn't it? Like you and Mm. I, like I I talk more about exercise these days because the food for me feels, you know, more like, um, you know, like that metaphor of the the concrete slab of the house. Um, What Uh happens is that when uh, newcomers to our community, um, it's 100% food. They they want to know every single nuance about how Mm. much celery juice they should have on day one and what ratio of, what ratio of cucumber juice and celery juice and how much should you eat? And how much should you drink exactly? And like is bok choy better than 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 mm. than cost lettuce, right? We're at that level. Yeah. Uh, and then you realise after a while that just just eat the way that's outlined with and a few little mistake a few little variations of, of, mm. of things like that don't matter at all. Yeah. What yeah. matters is is get everything else in parallel to the diet yeah. going. And you'll get momentum. Mm.
0: And it's such a foundation. And once you've got that foundation, you build other things into it. And I think, you know, when you're starting, you need a really good daily routine that works for you. So you build that foundation for healing. And once you've got that that good foundation and in a way that works for you, then you can start building more and more. And obviously food doesn't, you know, I mean, as you introduce things, that's building that foundation as well. But exercise is something that can evolve and change and support you as your body changes and you get stronger, what it looks like changes. But, yeah, 100% exercise was my pain relief for sure and going back to baseline didn't seem to make a huge amount of difference for me if i had uh, like when i had the um injection injection yeah it didn't you know it was the exercise that that really made an impact and also made me mentally feel really really good and you know when you when you exercise it releases again your serotonin and your dopamine you feel good hormones and also when you're feeling like that and you could have get into a fight or flight state the act of moving and doing something and taking action helps calm the body as well so when you exercise you are moving you are taking action you are doing something positive and conscious for yourself and so i think there's that sort of aspect of it as well
1: definitely yeah Studies show that those who exercise regularly uh, handle stressful occurrences uh, with without the negative consequences as much as mm. those who don't. So, let's talk. Uh, I'm going to. We didn't uh, really have a plan for this next thing. I'm going <laughs> to ask you about. But uh, you know, you're about to assist some of our community yourself mm. with helping them with uh, finding a path forward. What's going to be most exciting? About this for you because you already do coaching. Yeah, mm. tell us about your existing coaching, mm. and then we'll we'll talk about um, what you're looking forward to in terms of the helping those specifically with strategies and rolling out strategies for reducing mm. pain with rheumatoid arthritis.
0: Yeah, so what I what I do right now is really um, support people with chronic illness, and predominantly that's chronic fatigue, ME, long COVID. And the reason I do this is I had chronic fatigue myself a number of years ago, which I fully recovered from. So a lot of the credit for a lot of the strategies that I have and the knowledge that I have and the resilience that I've developed, although that was severely challenged by RA, uh, was hard won from my experience with chronic fatigue. So, um, I've been, you know, I work with people to support them, create a really good foundation and platform for their healing, and then slowly introduce things that will support them in their ongoing recovery and healing. It's so, you know, I just want people to be better and feel better. And I want them to know that they can heal and they can recover no matter what, you know, doom surfing, it's not great. Um the stories that you hear the the things that doctors say they've got a certain amount of understanding and they've got a knowledge base and they've uh, they have constraints and expectations on what they say and how they do it and all that kind of stuff and there's so much more to the world you know we are so powerful we can choose what our life is going to look like you know the I think it was Joe Dispenza says the best way to to create your future or to, what is it, to create, predict your future is to create it. So we are incredibly powerful, but we get into these systems that disempower us and we also allow other people to decide for us our course of treatment and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. and it's time for us to take that back and learn to really trust ourselves with what we know that we need. So building awareness is really, really important and learning to trust yourself and learning to trust your body and know that your body has not let you down, that your body needs to know that you've got its back. I mean, your body is amazing and incredible. The things it does without any of your input are amazing. You know, healing, healing cuts, going to the toilet, breathing, you know. It, and if we just get out of our body's way and we provide it with everything that it needs and support it in every way, shape or form, it will heal.
1: Yeah. Everything um, will be okay. Absolutely. I often think that we mentally get in the way of the body's actual capacity and interrupt its natural abilities yeah. to do what it can.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: You know, we think, oh, I, I better not I better not, for example, uh, move mm. that I better not move that elbow because yeah. when I do it's it's a little little tender. I better yeah. not move it. Whereas that, that elbow tenderness is craving like a crying baby to yeah. be moved back and forth. And like, like rocking a baby, we can rock yeah. that joint into, into relief. Oh,
0: I love that um, imagery. So, and that is so important because I didn't, you know, with all my background knowledge and, and psychology and sport and exercise and, and all that stuff, I didn't know what to do when I couldn't move. And, and my doctor didn't tell me, no one told me to move. And, and you, you're scared of it because you don't want to do any damage and you feel a bit paralysed because yes. you just don't know what to do. So, you know, this is the great thing with the medicine program. Thousands of people have done this and it's worked for thousands of people. It will work for you too. And um, just to have some good, trustworthy, reliable guidance is gold.
1: We... um the way that we're doing this if people are interested in either speaking with me weekly mm. on the small group live zoom coaching calls that we do um or if you would like to speak with Anana a Anana that's, that's our nickname for my daughter <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's nickname is Anana <laughs> oh nice cuz she couldn't say cuz she the couldn't nana. say angelina when she was oh. growing up when so when she was 1 years old she would refer to herself as Anana
0: Anana Oh, my favourite. so to
1: this day, yeah. we sometimes call her a because it makes us feel gooey <laughs> and gooey on the inside. Yeah, yeah, I get
0: that.
1: My apologies. Um, so Anaya, uh, if, if people are interested to speak with Anaya, then the process mm. is similar. Um, we have a beautiful lady called Rita, and she mm. is uh, an um, eCornell-trained plant-based expert with rheumatoid arthritis who's been on the podcast in the past. Mm. And uh, she is, um, she's uh, doing uh, free 30-minute um, discovery calls with anyone who's interested to learn more, to tell them about the process, to listen, to show compassion, and then to provide these, uh, these lovely folks who are interested in getting help with options with our availability. Um, that has been a little bit uh, hard because my availability hasn't been uh, tremendously great, given that there's a lot of people who are in need. So now uh, Anaya is going to be available. And if you'd like some help from myself and check my schedule for Anaya, who's opening up uh, her own coaching, then um, go to rheumatoidsolutions.com forward slash apply and book a free uh, call with Rita and um, have a chat. There's no obligation. She can maybe provide you with, with some help that'll make a difference too. So Mm. that's the process. And then, if someone's thinking about this process and thinking, oh, I'm not sure, what would you say to them right now?
0: Mm, Do it. Do it. You know, you can spend a lot of money on things that that don't work and that might help a little bit, but this is really, really comprehensive. And the rheumatoid support forum in particular, the – bunch of people there is a wealth of information on everything that you could possibly want to know it's a really supportive place it's a really positive place it's a very encouraging place it's a wonderful place to to ask questions to to get answers to support somebody else to not feel alone you know there are other people who've been through what you're going through and they can offer you incredible advice and I mean, I, I just, I really love it. I feel really grateful to have found it and to, to be part of that community. Um, and it's also a place, you know, if you are struggling, if you are having a, a tough time, just let people know and they are there, you know. And, oh, do you know the information that's on there is, is it's, oh, I'm just trying to even think of the word comprehensive doesn't really even do it. it it's just, on everything you know, shampoo, um,
1: yeah, with shampoo.
0: shoes yeah. and of soles um
1: seven hundred uh, just videos related to short problem solving hmm. such as such as yeah. that, in just the rheumatoid solutions module within this yeah.
0: it so- would be the best money I've ever spent in my life, without a doubt oh, it'd be right you. up there with my dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and of course, that online community is just part of the inclusion. So you would also, um, with the uh, breakthrough package that we've set up, mm. uh, be able to speak to Anaya or myself mm. uh, every week on Zoom, and uh, and have that personal connection that you can mm. certainly uh, get more value from um, by solving things quickly, um, and uh, and and making really really mm. jet fast progress. Mm. So. If people are interested, go to rheumatoidsolutions.com forward slash apply, set up a call with lovely Rita and perhaps uh, myself or Anaya will speak to you soon. Anaya, your story is so awesome. You just really have such a, um, just a, a calm demeanor and a very sort of um, well positioned and control sort of, you know, attitude towards, towards this. And I find that really reassuring. And also what it makes me feel is tremendous confidence about your Mm. future. You just really have embraced the challenge and turned it around and now lifted yourself personally to a whole nother level because of it. And it's just wonderful to observe.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, we didn't mention this, but one of the things I did do was set goals every month. And it was so important, and, and they were aspirational a lot of them, and I was like, so now I'm going to do that, and I set goals for this last this this year, and I mean, I smashed them, and if I didn't, I was okay because I was focusing on something else. it was fine, but I've smashed them. you know, I th- was wanted to run 5k by December. well, I'm going to be running 15, probably. I wanted to do child's pose by December. this is still in progress, but I can sit down with all my weight on one of my knees now the other one I'm about this far away from my heel to butt you know um and uh, these were big they felt like really big goals um it helps you track your progress recording your small wins is positive it shows you you are making progress it gives you feedback about your, what you're doing and that it's working and it makes you feel really really good and so you know i really feel the, the world is my oyster again um a different oyster a more beautiful oyster <laughs> um with maybe diamonds instead of pearls i don't know but it's it's just been incredible and i'm so grateful
1: for it mm. Well done, well done. I think the because you got on top of this so much faster than a lot of us. I mean, your yeah, your yeah, first year, you were already sort of yeah. gone through hell, and then already started the program easily within that first year. In the first year, I was still denying methotrexate in agony with elbows, wrists, fingers, left knee, tr- shocking, struggling mm. to get out of bed. So. I hadn't even begun my drug by the end of the first year, and was a nightmare, um, and hadn't even discovered food and and exercise relationships until maybe at the end of the second year. So, like, oh, I was so slow. Um, well, you
0: did all the work for me. <laughs> well, to be fair,
1: I was completely in the dark <laughs> as to how to go about it. Um, yeah. But but congratulations for doing that, and I think that's that's definitely put you in a position where you're on minimum you're on the minimum dose of methotrexate that is prescribed oh
0: um, okay I didn't know that. I was wondering if they had five
1: uh, I mean oh. there are there are pills that are 2.5 and 5 milligram and so on but you're on the dose that I started on at 10 milligram mm. you said anything less than that we don't start people on methotrexate so mm. 10 milligram you're on the starter dose
0: mm.
1: um, and some rheumatologists say at this point if you want to lower just might as well just come off it um, yeah. whereas I've seen people taper at 7.5 down to 2.5 and actually mm. stay on 2.5 for a year before coming mm. off that because of maybe a mental side of it, but whatever. Mm. So yeah. you've gotten to this very low dose methotrexate.
0: Mm. And I have permission to lower it if I want,
1: but. Okay. You're I'm, high performance it's physically, mm. thrilled with your diet and thriving, Mm-hmm. High performance goal setter. You, all of the goal set goal setting you've done, I've that I've seen inside the uh, rheumatoid Support is just amazing. And then you come mm-hmm. back and you and you you show accountability to how they went, and you really follow that up. Mm-hmm. And then your mindset stuff and your your knowledge on the nervous system and deep breathing and laughter and meditation—it's all world mm-hmm. class. And so, you know, I'm sure that you're going to help lots of people and and uh, help them to. To get on a journey that's as successful as yours
0: thank you well that's that i want to help people i want to help them recover and heal and get their life back that is my that is my mission
1: awesome yeah. all right well thank you so much for sharing with us anaya and uh, we'll connect soon and i hope everyone else has enjoyed this episode if you do like this episode uh, make sure that you uh, go on. And- Book a call with Rita, have a chat with beautiful Rita and see whether or not you'd like to uh, join us with some uh, intensive breakthrough coaching. Thanks, Anaya.
0: My pleasure. It was so wonderful to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier and happier life, visit
1: rheumatoidsolutions.com.